Welcome to the Pitching Nerd Show, where we get nerdy about the art of pitching. I'm your host, Sean Kitzman, aka The Pitching Nerd. Let's get into the show. Hey, what's going on, Pitching Nerd crew? This is Sean Kitzman, aka The Pitching Nerd, and I'm here with my good friend, I'm super excited about this, by the way, because uh, the, the, having Brent on is, is going to be really, it's really cool because Brent is a huge reason as to why um, I became the pitching nerd, and that's no lie. So this is my buddy uh, Brent Porcio from Top Velocity down in Louisiana. Um, Brent, for the two people on the face of the baseball planet that, well, that don't know who you nice are, just give us a little that. bit I of think background. a lot of people don't know who I am, but, um, you know, I came into this as a player. Uh, tore my rotator cuff, so I was a pitcher, and I was 18 years old. It was my first college appearance, and long story short, it really took a long journey. Doctor said I shouldn't have probably taken, advised me just to do something else, but it, the long journey of trying to recover myself and, and to pitching again, which I did at a, at a professional level, sure. um, is what developed my knowledge and understanding of this and, and my, the unique uh, method that makes up top velocity, so... And, and I think, um, and I'm extremely biased on this because uh, not only before I even looked at your stuff that I get it from a biomechanical standpoint, but I've been down to the facility twice. And uh, one of the things that I've said to you, you know, uh, kind of in some of our conversations, but the thing that I want everybody to know is that um, the environment and the community that you have down at Top Velocity, I mean, like, so Gabe, who is episode one, uh, Gabe went down obviously last summer and the friends that yeah, he's made at Top V, I mean, like, legit, yeah, right. like, you know, stab you in the eyeball friends, you know? Like, I mean, that is the most amazing. And then the guys that I've met yeah. down there, you know, it's I still culture, keep in contact with a lot of guys that you know? I met down there. And, oh, dude, it, it is so amazing. And the thing that people don't recognize is, um, so, you know, I, I train martial arts and I train uh, jujitsu, and I'm in an MMA community. I'm, I'm in a community of, that could be really super toxic alpha males. And so I recognize toxic cultures really quickly. And, you know, baseball, you still, every athlete has, you know, there's this, there's a very, there's a kind of a pecking order and a hierarchy, but healthy communities have this really balanced hierarchy that where you see the, the guys that are at like the top, the top level guys, like going over and, and, you know, very altruistically helping the guys at the bottom level. And that's what I saw right away when I came well, out there thanks, last man. summer. I, I mean, it's hard. I mean, we're doing it a long time, it but often. you really got to, you know, it's like a garden, right? You got to, you got to, when the weeds come in, you got to pick them out. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a tyrant. I mean, I'm actually very laid back and I usually give them like three or four chances to, to sure. fix it. Um, you know, it happens. Like the other day I had a kid stealing drinks from me, uh-huh. you know, and I, and I walked up to him and I said, Okay, well, I'm not going to call the police, which is a variable or not, something I could do. <laughs> and I said, but you owe me money. And sure. let's, how can we fix this? How can we not do this again? You know, and, and the, I, I'm going to give them a chance. And it, it, it does. I, and everyone right. knows that. And I, I'm, I hope that's why we've created a good culture. But, you know, if they begin, continue to become a, a problem, I, I, I'm going to remove them. I haven't had to do that much, but I, I have had to do it sometimes. So. Well, I think it's a really, and, and you know, um, 
I think sports is such a good life lesson, right? Um, and a lot of times guys don't get the opportunities to A, have someone hold them accountable and then B, like change their habit or change their, their action and see like the positive benefit from it. And so it'd be really easy for that guy to like go, oh yeah, you know, I went down and he was being a hard ass and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because you know, we're not change just building life, bodies right? here. I mean, it's not a meat locker. I mean, as much as we talk that way, like there's a lot to it. Right. There's steer, there's there's people here and there's lives and souls and you know I'm I'm a spiritual guy as much as I'm a physical guy too. So I, you know you got to have that balance if you really For that's sure. what culture is. It's having that balance, you know. Yep. Yeah, no. I mean like it, and it's really funny because if anybody were to see like our our kind of content and obviously you've got a bajillion more times content than I do, they would think that right away the thing that we're going to get into is like let's get into baseball mechanics and blah 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 blah. Because but the thing that I, I really the other thing that I really respected about you is when I went down there and I talked about this, you know, on your on your uh when I was on with you before, but like I want to reiterate this again is like again, I've 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 been in a variety of different places and um you know, when I went down to your place I I treated it as I was being a yeah. guest. Like I wanted to come in and be like a guest. And regardless of whether you do that or not, oftentimes yeah. people, they, they, they get their insecurities come, kind of come into play. And as hard as I tried to be a guest, you were probably All one right. of the most humble and gracious hosts that I probably well, could I have mean, ran you know, across. I, this, the right? thing is, is, like when someone like you comes so, in, I want to get so to know you. Cool. And, and if right up, you're just you were just as humbled and nice, too. So that's why it worked really well. But I then want to know, hey, what do you have to offer here? Because... You know, this I've gotten to a place where top V yep. is way bigger than me. I think when you do something long enough and it grows, it and it grows past sure. you, it it changes you because the whole time you felt like you were pulling the cart, and then it gets to the point where the momentum is so big you're now riding it. Yeah, and it it changes your perspective and everything, and you do. And it, I, dude, I went through a midlife crisis when that started to happen, but it was my, it was just me. Tell, adapting sure. to what was happening and, and and we say it every day you know this has become way bigger than us and because of that when people come into the environment i'm like sure. oh, hey you just you should be here i i really believe there's a reason you walked through the door and i know it's through gay but i think there is a real reason you walked the door and i knew you were going to help a lot of For people sure. and i just want to know what do you do and and how can i guide you to help those people and you did you immediately jumped on it and people were coming to me the next day like man, the coolest stuff he was showing me with is my foot. And, and I was like, yeah, dude, I was learning. You know, it was really cool. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's – and it's funny because you'll meet guys where, you know, that, like we have professional interests that are similar. But I felt like we could have met, you know – at the exactly. coffee shop or at a bar and <laughs> struck up a conversation exactly. and like, Hey, no, I like that dude. I don't right. even know yeah, what I he does. We, we, right. We work together well. So I, yeah. I, I think we picked that up pretty quickly. So. For sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. So, um, there's a couple things that I want to talk about because, and the reason I want to talk about them with you is because, uh, a, it, it made my transition. And the other thing too, that I, I really want to like, you know, See, the bonus of me doing this with you now is I can gush yeah. about you well, a lot. It's not hard. And then you, you have to sit here and take it, right? So, um, <laughs> so, um, 
you know, the, the thing that I, uh, the, the other thing is like the, the amount of content that you put out there and the way that you put it out there. Um, it, it, it was so impressive to me as I was starting to watch because, uh, as again, like I go back to martial arts and having trained martial arts for 28 years. And I remember, uh, when YouTube started to pop and I was on it and there was a couple guys, my coach here in Minnesota actually was one of them because like Greg would put out a ton of content and a ton of really, really high level content. And then you had other guys that would be like, they would show you something and they were just up to the thing. And they'd be like, Oh, nope, you got to buy my course, you know? And no. And, and, but what you've done is for the baseball community at large, because I see, and I have people message me all the time. Like I have people see like they, they, they've taken your stuff or taken the way that you've applied it to baseball. And you can see that such of this positive yeah. imprint on the game. Um, because I really feel like there's a very clear divide, right? In, in baseball, there, there are mechanics that, that are healthy for the body that you can throw at high velocity. Mm-hmm. And then there's a stark contrast difference. Yeah. yeah. There's no black and white in for me in it. Right. And, and, and so, so talk a little bit about like, um, let's talk first about like the, the phases of, of your five phases of pitching and go through that a little bit and talk about like why you decided that to happen. Cause that was a really cool conversation that we had. When in you office. talk about the phase, you talk, so talk about a little my, bit my about mechanical that. system, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, sir. You know, it, and it's really hard. It's something I have a hard time with. And, and I, I know you too, because you're, you're very educated is we have all this information and we just want to dump it. Right. We want to be like, here, take it. Right. But you, you can't just dump like yeah. 20 years of uh-huh. education on people. So you have to try to give them a piece of it. Like here's a little piece. So in everything we do, we know if we're going to really help people, we have to segment it into little bitty things that are easy to digest. Now I'm always challenged by that. So don't get me wrong. I don't think I've mastered that and I'm always trying to get better at it. But th- that's what I was doing. I was sure. like, Hey, Let's let's look at this phase, this phase, this phase, and you know, be honest. As much as we learn that way, which this is what kind of sucks, is we learn in simple little bites. But in reality, it really never works that way. It is a good way to learn, but if you're really gonna understand it, right. you have to understand how it really isn't in little segments. It's really all intertwined, right? So, but I still have to start in the segments, and and to my favorite, just to even go simpler is my two phase delivery and it's putting it in two phases and then we can break it in as many after that as we want. But you're right. After that, I do the more five or six phases, but the two sure. phase is the stride phase. If we are talking pitching, but this can be for position players. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's a little different on the stride aspect, but we got the stride phase and we got the throwing sure. phase. So in the, and it's it's important to distinguish the separation yep. because that's yep. where the word separation comes from. It's the fact that they must be apart, and better yep. athletes can keep them farther apart. And just that that to be honest, when I came up with that, I was I was so excited because that's really easy to digest stuff that actually is teaching you what advanced pitching is in very yep. two little digestible bites. Yeah, dude, I love that. I think that that is so, um, it's so simple, but so dense at the same time, right? Because it encapsulates the difference between the front leg and the, and the, the drive leg and the, and the front leg. 
and then what the body's supposed to do with it. And so, you know, like if you separate into those two things and that's the beginning of the conversation that you have. Um, and yeah, then yeah. once they kind of start to understand in, that in, a little in bit, a lot of times then you too, can start I, to sprinkle just, in more detail. I'll show it to them. So if, if, if I give that analogy or that understand those two phases and they seem a little bit perplexed, I'll then go, okay, here's the little league pitcher. He's striding and throwing. Here's the big big picture. He's striding late yep. to cock his arm, lands. Now he's throwing. So you see the separation of the phases. Sometimes, like when people are having a hard time visualizing what you're saying, yep. then I'll go and act it out. And it's just as easy to act out. So. Sure. No, I think that that's a really uh, that's a really cool. It's it's a cool concept, and it's like you said, you can you can show it visually, and so by being able to show it visually, what happens then is that they can start to see how those things are influencing each other, and then and, they can get I mean, a clear me, picture I, because I they need to be able to see that. Because every little kid that comes up, they're taught put the ball in your hand, lift the ball, and throw. So when you go, there's two phases. You actually stride then throw man it just blows their mind they're like what why didn't anyone teach me that and then when they do it and it works and it feels great they're like whoa and it it's like their mind is blown just on two little simple phases you know yeah well and then if you can hook them with that then man then it really changes stuff right because now you can start to have that you get you get trust and you get a little bit of belief and then if you can once you get that yeah. and then they see the outcome is better and they feel the outcome is better and the reason body, right then you can really start to get dive outcome, in it's just it's going off my favorite case study or the, my favorite piece of scientific evidence that kibler and chandler discovered that a 20 percent decrease in kinetic energy that's the energy going through your kinetic chain up your body. A 20% decrease in the energy that goes through the hip yep. and through the trunk to the arm. So it's that energy moving ground up. If you drop that by 20%, you have to increase the rotational velocity of your shoulder by 34% just to put the same force on the ball. So those who fail to build energy in the ground and push it up, they almost have to double the energy at the end in overcompensation. Oh, I screwed up. Let me, let me, now I got to double it. And that's why when you go, Hey, two yep. phases, don't throw yet stride now throw it's going, Hey, build your kinetic energy now throw. And they're like, Whoa, I didn't even feel my arm. Yeah. Because we reversed that, that math, you know, we, we brought more energy up. Now your arm stress, your arm work comes way down. And that's why it's so profound, and it's so it's such a, an important way to understand this. Yeah, the other thing that I love that you've done, and I haven't dove this deep into it yet, is I, I love the studies that you have because, and I love, I, you know, the funny yeah, thing about it is I love right. watching some of the arg the counter arguments against it. You know, it it's is. like it totally it's, is. it's like flat earthers, right? I mean, it's like well, you know, it's funny dude, because we're all in this dude, bubble. Baseball like, is a I don't bubble. Know, we, you know it. I mean, it is a thick, hard bubble. And all these people sure. are in there, and some of them have really good playing experience, but very few are educated in, say, kinesiology or physics. So they all start. It is flat earthers. They're just, they're like, 
Yep. That doesn't make any sense. This is making, and they're reinventing this wheel because they got this bubble and they won't let the medical professionals in. And then the medical professionals like you come in and you're like, guys, what are you arguing about? This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, it's 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 craziness. I mean, like, cause cause I I remember it was a while back you were talking about uh, something, and I can't remember what it was. But I was oh, it was a it was a study on weighted balls, and you know it, you know in the in the study was at for fourteen year olds, right? And then it's like, well, I think a guy that, dude, like, are you telling me that Tommy John doesn't yeah. happen to a guy that's thirty two years old right. or twenty eight well, yeah, years old? Because like, they want it. Have well, you the day, got they your head up your ass so, so far bad. that you can't see so that? Like, can I just, is there some way to justify it? Okay, yep. what if I'm 28 and I got perfect mechanics and it's a Friday and the sun's out? <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you'll, if you, if you happen to watch the first episode with Gabe, Gabe and I had this weighted ball com- conversation this earlier this spring. And I said, you know, dude, I was like, look, we've gotten us this far. And I understand, like, some of your buddies are doing it. I was like, but here's what I feel like right now. I feel like I'm a parent, and you just got your driver's license. And it's safe for you to drive to the grocery store because the grocery store doesn't get you on the expressway. Like, but you want to go to Johnny's, and Johnny's, you got to get on the expressway. Yeah, right. You go to Johnny's, exactly. right? Like, exactly. I don't want you to go to Johnny's because like I don't trust you on the expressway, you know? You know? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing, though. I think it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing for people to wrap their heads around. And of course, like, you know, obviously there's a, there's a definite bias in the industry across the board, but I was talking with a guy in chat the other day um, who, uh, you know, tore his UCL. He had a, 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 a he, he like within like a, I think a six to nine month period before, as he tore his UCL, like he and his buddies were doing a bunch of balls, way to ball stuff. And, he tore his UCL, his buddy tore his rotator cuff, and his other buddy tore his UCL. I'll tell you and he right now, like, Dude, it was they all the damn treated weighted you know, ball like, injury like and, coronavirus deaths, it would be, I mean, think, they'd shut the whole league down. <laughs> <laughs> right, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. No, it's true. It's true. It's it's kind of bananas. So, so now, um, it, let's let's talk about um let's talk about the med ball throws because that was another really interesting thing for me too as i started to look at them more because when i first saw them when gabe first started telling me about them i'm like all right i kind of get this but i hadn't seen it yet and then um i was actually going through a a a personal trainer cert over the last fall through nasm and then you know they were talking about power phase and then it really hit me there. Like, as I was looking at it, I, I, I probably texted Gabe, like, as I was doing it. I was like, oh, shit. Now, this is, this is really smart, right? Because you're adding, just enough, you're adding just enough resistance for the skeleton to have to have some resistance, yeah. but be able to travel really fast still. And so talk a little bit about that. Like, what, what was it that made you decide that those were the things that you were going to do? And maybe the separation well, I mean, throw needs to come first. I don't know where that kind of me, came at in your, I don't know in your evolution. how I why it came to this but so i i have a torn rotator cuff I'm, I'm trying to get back to it physically i'm doing a lot of work which needed to be done and that's a big part of it but biomechanically i'm like well what got me in there in the first place and i did a youtube show of my mechanics and still today i'm i'm i'd say i'm the worst guy throwing it the, obviously i'm playing mid 80s at the time i'm probably the the worst mechanics i still have ever seen today my own mechanics when i was a kid throwing mid 80s um 
It, it was horrible. And I, I under, <laughs> totally understand why I, blew, I tore my rotator cuff. And so I knew that that needed to be improved. I knew, okay, physically I'm getting my body back, but how can I just not go right back to the same place? It's going to happen again. And, and I already have a torn rotator cuff. Um, it's not like a, sure. an elbow where I've got a new, you know, I got a tendon wrapped around my bones. I, I still have a torn rotator cuff. So right. I don't know what it was. You know, my idol at the time was Nolan Ryan. So I was following Nolan Ryan and I kept studying. I had all of his no hitters and I kept studying the video and the video. I don't know why this happened. I just, I just got the impression in his delivery that he, he was so compact. It looked like he was holding a, bowl, a bowling ball. I just kept visualizing. Uh-huh. It looked like he was holding a bowling ball, uh-huh. and he was literally everything stayed so compact, but his legs were moving and powering the, the, the upper kinetic chain. So when I started visualizing, and it just came to me, I was visualizing the bowling ball. I was like, "Wow, maybe a med ball would give me that feeling." So then I grab a med ball, and of course I started yeah. way too heavy, and it was too hard. And then I eventually worked it to a four-pound ball, <laughs> and I started doing it. It started working better, and then I started realizing. And this is over probably a five-year period. Was the two pound? We went to the two pound, and the two pounds key. And I found that that was the perfect weight because the one thing when you use an overload principle, this is an overload principle. So to be honest, this is a weighted ball principle, but it's very yep. important to understand it's with yep. two hands, which will limit, will really protect your arm right. and take most of the stress off your arm, which is the key part to it. So it's like, hey, you want to do weighted balls? Well, use the overload principle. Let's just not put it in one arm and a baseball to where we can drag and do all the horrible things we do with the arm to blow the arm out. We can actually do it where it doesn't put the stress in the arm and we still get to use the principle. And, and that's where, when I got to the two pounds, you know, you, you really had to find something that wasn't too heavy, wasn't too light. And it, and it really worked in the, in the mechanics, but how it evolved into all these little individual drills is because of Olympic lifting. Olympic lifting just changed my life. When I went into it, because mm-hmm. after I tore my rotator cuff, I was like, man, I'm, I'm weak. Sure. And, and, my, and some coaches told me that, and I got away from baseball. And when I got into around these Olympic coaches and they started training me, and you know, everything segmented, right? There's variations of everything. Think about it. Olympic lifting's clean and jerk snatch. It's two lifts. But there's like thousands of variations. So I was like, yep. hey, this is yep. brilliant. Why don't, in pitchers, why don't we have thousands of variations? Because we ju- we have just as a complicated skill. Like Olympic lifting is a very complicated skill. That's why they have to create variations yep. to teach you in segments. I was like, why don't we have that? Ours is more complicated. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to take the med ball, which yep. allows me to throw a lot without putting my stress on. That's the coolest thing about the med ball. You throw it a lot, and you're like, wow, I don't feel like I threw. And then segment it. So then I created all these specific positions that were important to the pitcher to work on and achieve, and then that's when it built the whole core system of the the, the chest up throws, the separation throws, and, and the three drills in or three to four drills in between, and uh, and and it and it honed down to the two pound ball, yep. and it's so cool, man, isn't it? That's been the most exciting thing to take a drill because at the end of the day, weighted balls have been around since the beginning, dude. I I took a drill. I took a medicine ball and segmented sure. specific drills, and you almost see everyone around the world using it. I've got people in Japan using it. Like, I didn't ask them to use I see yep. people in Japan using my med ball drills sure. in Mexico. And so it, that's been the most exciting thing was to be able to hit an industry that just wasn't evolving and bring something in that really was impactful to then all of a sudden you see everyone just go, yeah, this, is, this makes sense, you know? 
Yeah, the thing that I really like about that is is um, because like when you learn a drill in jiu-jitsu, you know, you can learn like you t- you take like a collar choke for example, right? And so the collar choke, you learn it. There's a couple stages to it, and there's a couple ways that you got to get into it. But essentially, you got to create you know the kind of pressure across the arteries so you get the uh, uh, the the closure of the arteries, and then that it feels like there's restriction to the the brain, right? Well, you learn that thing as a white belt. And you don't get it good at it for freaking ever, right? Because the evolution of it is you have to understand the positions of the choke. And it's such a simple choke. And there's only like a couple guys at the highest, highest level that have really been able to execute it well. But you have to go through stages. And in the beginning, everybody tries to choke straight on. And then they start to figure out, oh, if I get to the side a little bit, it's better. And then eventually you, you, re- you recognize I go straight on, you come, find the all side, the leverage. come back to the middle, and now right. there's the choke, right? And yeah, yeah. And that's what, that's what I loved about how you started to break down baseball or, or pitching per se, because it does remind me a lot of like either a, kind of a combination between judo and jujitsu. Cause it's just studying yeah, how the like, body, like the saying, body's like in the balance leverage, in like, motion. I have more leverage here than here. I have more leverage here than here. And the same thing in yep. the delivery, you're like, and it, to be honest, I was studying it. So I wasn't really making it up. I had done it and I, I, I was a pitcher and, and obviously I was doing trial sure. and error, but yeah. The studies were guiding me going, hey, this is where they're getting. And I was like, wow, there's leverage here, you know, and then that's how things evolve. So. Yeah, and it's it's funny, though, because like the things that I see with guys oftentimes yeah, too right. that I'll hear about, you know, it's like they're like, well, that's too hard. Why do I want to do that? I'm like, well, yeah, no shit, it's too hard, and it should be hard. Because, like, what are the consequences? But it, I mean, it, the but consequences the are you blow your damn elbow like, off your it's body. It's crazy like, when I was lucky you... enough to pitch this as a consultant in, yeah. in I'm just going to say, a big MLB organization. The, one of the most, the biggest, uh, yep. Yep. most exp- wealthiest teams. And that was the comment at the end. Like, Brent, this is yep. probably really not for us. Oh, why? Too much bandwidth. This is one of the most, this is the biggest purse, one of the biggest purses in baseballs. They're like, too much bandwidth. I'm like, yep. and of course, what does that team do now? Weighted baseballs. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and you, and, uh, well, because I've been down in the facility, we've talked about it. I know who you're talking about. So, you know, like, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think the thing is coaches, and and the, the the interesting thing that I see is that where I where I came in at was and where I look at other people is I I come at it from a rehab end like I've worked on guys that have been injured and been injured because yeah, yeah. of faulty training methods and hell I've injured myself because of faulty training methods right and so I look at it and I go I understand that you guys have these really good intentions in mind but you also have to recognize that you're kind of a steward <laughs> right like you you are you are yeah. yeah, you're you're helping shape these kids not only, you know, emotionally and mentally, but physically. And you want to see someone fall off the radar? Well, I'd tell the man, parents, have them like, get injured they come and see to what it camps, does to their life. Like, well, everything you're saying our coaches are doing, you're saying not to do it. And I'm saying, yeah, you can actually pay to make your son worse or actually right. to get him injured. You can actually pay for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but it's true. Right. Well, and it's a funny... But it's a funny thing too because like there's there's a couple sports where and baseball's this really funny sport cuz there's not a ton of contact typically in the game of baseball. 
So what you don't get is you don't get those impact injuries. Obviously, you know, if a guy's sliding in or you run into the wall oh, or something like that. Area. But but for pitchers, there's not a ton of contact usually. And yeah, if you but if you look at any other sport, you know, maybe tennis, um, that where there's no contact like that, there's not the dire consequences. So, you know, a guy bowling doesn't have to worry about his UCL, right? I mean it's it's bowling injuries are pretty damn rare, right? So, but because there's this, there's this low perceived threat, what people don't understand is you're moving the body at the fastest you could possibly move it and creating these lever arms that are, that if at the wrong vector and the wrong angle have just really dramatic and, and dire consequences to the, to the body. So it's not just, it's not yeah, playing catch in the backyard hard anymore. Enough. I mean, you know, there's studies that show the UCL. And, so they would, they took cadavers. This is old. They took cadavers and they would put the valgus stress in the elbow and i forgot the amount of newtons might have yep. been around 40 newtons or f- somewhere around there every time every cadaver would get to that level and would the, the ucl would snap now the difference between a cadaver and a human being is that you, you can activate musculature to to compress and protect the joint but still when you do right. that study you have an understanding of the threshold of, of an average ucl well, the amount of newtons of force that we find on average where that 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 occurs is around low 80s. So low 80s is enough torque to blow right. a UCL out. And if for some reason you're fatigued, and that's why when you're feet fatigued, you're 36 times more likely to have injury, and that flexor mass doesn't kick on or that bicep, tricep doesn't all kick on, and it goes right into your UCL, you could be throwing 82 and blow it out. And I, I got a kid who came to me after UCL tear as a second baseman, and he throws like 85. So he's he had that experience. So that's the challenge. Is it doesn't really take much to damage the arm. Um, now, when you get into the shoulder, it, you know, and you're dealing with muscles, it's a little different. But it's still, it really doesn't take much. And I think that's that's the crazy thing about all this. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that I show uh, in, like, when I'm teaching other movement professionals, like, you know, like the idea of how to tear a rotator cuff really easy, you know, all you got to do is just bring the shoulder in a little bit, fix the humerus, and then move the distal end of the hu- the, the the forearm or the hand or really quickly. Like and that's a really good tears. way for slap us to tear a, a rotator cuff. And if – yep, yep, yeah. So, so and it's it's – and this, the thing that also happens is that people don't recognize that, you know, you're throwing max velocity. The brain doesn't know the difference between your max velocity pitch and in a, in a heavy back squat or a heavy front squat, right? It's going to navigate around that, and the fatigue level is, is high when you do that. Now, the bonus is that for pitchers, there's, there, the, the, the amount of resistance is very low, so you can do it repeatedly. But still, you have to remember that's a max effort movement, right? And, and the if potential you go to that for injury and max study effort where, movement you know, is you're really, almost really having high. double the energy at the end to overcompensate what you lost in the beginning. So if you go into game and yep. your hips just tightening are just tightened up on you last night, or you sat in the bus too long in one way, and you ate a lot of like bad food, and your inflammation was high, and now suddenly your hips all tight, and you don't know that, and you don't mobilize it. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I can't drive my leg. And you're like, well, I'm in the game. I got to compete. And you're pulling your arm. I mean, that's all it takes. And the stress in your arm just doubled, you know? Yep. 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 
So yeah, I mean, I think that that it's a it's a really interesting it's an interesting uh, you know thing to to for people to recognize and and unfortunately you know um, a lot of guys they, they if you're a dad and you're wa- and you're you know you're watching baseball again we think of this as this very low impact low injury sport with very low consequences to it and you know if you get into high school you know obviously guys are starting to have these UCL tears in high school but by and large nobody knows a guy unless you're you know in the environment long enough you know the average high school dad doesn't know a guy that had a UCL tear right but now when we start to get into uh, into travel teams like you start to climb the food chain where the 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 effort in the in the competition is higher so you have to perform at higher levels more towards your max max potential and then you get obviously into college and in in the minors and the pros like everybody knows a guy so the the pool of people is really small so they don't have this idea of like you know there's a chance of of this thing actually happening and and I think it's important for yeah, people to continuously and, and talk I, about it like it's a real and thing. And a lot of the kids, if I was the parent, I would say don't expect your your son to warn you because he, he's in the moment. He wants to he's trying to show right. off, he's trying to impress. He probably even some of them like like me, if they have the pain, they don't even want to tell the parent because then the parent will tell the coach and then you know, I so I, I think the parent Yep parents have to be way more proactive because who what parent wants i mean i I had i didn't have a great story because when i mean what parent wants to put their kid through surgery because when i came out of surgery for the rotator cuff and they hit me with a painkiller when i came out i I was allergic to it and i broke out hives all over my body and my nurse almost had a panic attack because it was bad and then she didn't know what to give me and she's calling sure she she called the cdc i think because i was my reactions were so bad so and then I, I just had a kid in the facility who broke his Electronon, wow. put a screw in, and got staph infection. And the mother had to stay yep. with him for three months in the hospital, and he almost sure. died at 18 years old. So it's like I, parents sure. need to be more proactive because yeah. your kid is probably not telling you. And you really don't want to take that chance because the kid might be going, well, I don't care. I yep. want Tommy John. You come out throwing harder. Once again, you, you probably shouldn't trust your kid that he's telling you everything. Yeah, when when I have kids come in to work with me, I this is what I tell them. If they're under the age of 14, they're not liars. Above the age of 14, they're liars. Because if they play at a high enough level, they know that an injury will equal losing their spot. And so, you know, that's what I tell the parents. I will tell the parents, like, how old are you? I'm um, 14. Uh, I hate to tell you this, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, your kid's a liar. And they'll look at me like... Yeah. What are you talking about? And then right, I'll explain right. it to them. And then the kid knows, you know, because I've outed him a little bit also, right? And I tell him, like, look, I'm the guy that you come to. You want to tell me about the injury. Right. Because the more I know about it, the more I can help you get better with it. Right. I'm going to advocate for you to play unless I think it's really bad, right? So you can't you can't come to me. When I used to – so I traveled with the National Competitive Boys soccer team for three seasons. And Remco, the coach, would come in while I was on the road with the boys, and he'd be like – Sean, he was from the Netherlands. Sean, can Greggy play? Everybody was E at the end. So it was, it was you know, yeah. unless it didn't make sense, but Greggy or Chucky or Joey or whoever it was. Can Greggy play today? Can he go? Remco, you go figure out your, your freaking offensive and defensive set and let me do my job. I'm not coming into your room and asking you right. about, like, why somebody didn't slide over into the slot when they should have, right? 
And so, you know, I mean, and the coaches by and large, I think the coaches want the best for their kids, but they don't have any experience with either because we're now just at a time like physical therapy is a new science. It's less than 100 years old, right? But we treat it like this. It's this sage old wisdom, you know, like it's been around for millennia, right? And so, you know, I mean, the, the, the industry is always changing ideas and what they're doing and where they're going and stuff. And so... You know, it, the person that you work with may or may yeah. not be on top yeah. of the cutting edge of stuff. And then when you're in a sport that has a pattern of injury, meaning there's a real good chance that far longer you play, you're going to get hurt. Um, you need help. You need support. And you, sure. need, uh, you need someone like you, that a medical professional that can guide them and, 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 or help them, advise them. And, and the parents need to be a part of that, too. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's an important thing to to have people, um, and then also to have like people talk about it because you know the other thing that drives me nuts is nobody talks about the injuries, and so there's not a conversation yeah. and a narrative about like look this is a real chance this is this is a high yeah, percentage chance is. that this is going to happen. You you have to prepare for it. I, I mean, to me, when you get into you know good high school baseball, you, you don't just go to a performance coach to throw harder. You need to start going to those same coaches to prepare for the rigors of this game and to be able to survive all the innings of this game or, or you know, pitcher, position player, whatever. Obviously, pitchers are, are more vulnerable to it, but it's critical, man. And that's why, you know, the, those kids that are, you know, into college and, like, I've never met with a – or I've never worked with a coach on, you know, a lot of the specifics of my mechanics and everything. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I mean, I could. So it's it's good that you haven't had any arm problems, but I would want to at that time. I would want to get some an analysis of what they think. Am I doing things well? Is am, am I going to be playing this for another ten years at this level? You know. Right. Yeah, and in particular, right. if the jo- if the dream is or the the goal is to get to the show, you know what I mean. Like, if your goal is to get to the next level, and then you know that as you go do that, the exponential, you know, increase in chance of injury. And the other thing that I think that um, I so I had this conversation with this old this older guy. He's you know played baseball in the seventies, and it was really funny because we had this conversation about strength and conditioning. And he's like an old school guy, right? Like you know, weights are bad. And, and I think the thing that the other thing that I think that you really do a good job of bringing to the table is like, you need to get bigger. You need to get yeah, stronger. Right. You, you want to do this. You know, I mean, like the, 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 the increase of muscle exactly. tissue around right. your joints is going to help yeah. prevent you it, it from injuries. a big part of it. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, I, like I saw a kid the other day, dad had me look at it and he just this really scrawny kid and, and i was like man he needs to get in a weight room he's like he's in a weight room i was like well and then it goes into is what's his diet and and or, you know why is he <laughs> you're saying he's in a weight room lifting this kind of weight right. and he looks considerably undersized so is his diet bad or is he not lifting correctly i mean what 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 is what is weight training to you so right you know it's not only i think in the beginner levels it's not just right. getting into weight training i think when you're in you know before going into high school, you're getting into weight weight training. But when you're an upperclassman in high school, it's how effective is your weight training? I just I just I'm getting sick of having the conversations with college athletes right. going, "Hey, you should work out." Like it should be at that point, like, "Hey, show me your program," because I don't right. think it's working, right? Right. 
Yeah, and 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 then you know like how the other thing too is that it's the the programming isn't isn't really good either because a lot of people don't understand you know uh how to break up training cycles and then yeah. how to take your training cycles and mash them up with your pitching cycles so you're not kind of killing yourself at both ends of the spectrum you know and so you get a guy that might be a good snc coach but he doesn't understand yeah. what you're doing with the baseball yeah, and that's what i said and you, man I, that can be just like as dangerous think you know, oh, I'm in college and I have a weight program. I'm, I'm, that means I'm doing everything correctly. I'm like, no, it's very important of how your weight program is programmed. And, and like you're saying, is it contraindicative? Is, is, it, is it working against what you're doing on the field? Or is it supporting what you're doing in the field? Is it helping you prevent injury? Or is it maybe even accelerating your energy, like, I mean, your injury? So I think not enough kids, when they get into these high levels, are actually going hey if i go on to the next step okay i have a i'm doing training conditioning but am i how effective is it you know these kids should be going up like going to other coaches and be like hey look right. at my my program what do you think i rarely get that i rarely get a kid go hey can you look at my strength and conditioning program i want to make i want to see what you think I've, that rarely ever happens we should be getting that all the time sure yeah well and and the other problem too is that um you know, you have S and C coaches that like people ask me all the time, like, so do you want to like work for a, like a college or a protein? I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. First of all, I don't like traveling that much. Second of all, I don't want to get into a place where like I'm around a bunch of people who are afraid of losing their job, right? My my job is to actually well, make want, myself lose my job if I do it's it. It's right. hard going into like, you know, these big if, organizations if, because they stifle a lot of the innovation. Because the innovation has to come from the very top. Yep, it can't come from you. Yep. Yeah, and then you know, so a, so a college coach oftentimes is going to write a really conservative a college S and C coach, or probably even a pro S and C coach. He's going to really write a conservative program because the it, so long as the guy doesn't get injured in his programming, he can keep his job, right? If the guy gets injured, you know, yeah, in his programming, then he's a liability a to, the, to the industry within an organization. You're you're typically going to find better programs privately but the problem is so if i go into an organization like if i go into a college organization or pro organization i'm gonna get probably a very conservative run-of-the-mill program which is better than nothing but if if you, you need more yep. you're gonna have to yes. go private and when you go private now you have a problem because in private they're not as regulated right they're not as controlled so private you could get a really horrific right. program and it hurt you or you get a really, really innovative, advanced <laughs> program, which is what you were looking for. And that's the problem. And I think all those that are watching your the podcast is that's what you're probably doing. You're probably in that position where you're going, okay, my son's or, yep. or my organization's programming is not getting the job done. What else is there out there? And that's why people are, you know, why we're in, in business, to be honest, you know. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, and, and, they, and a lot of times until people get into, into positions where they're, they're able to, to see the benefit of, you know, working with, with people. I remember when I was first traveling with the boys in like 2008 and, you know, they're 14, 15 year old boys at the time, but all of them have aspirations of playing at least college, if not pro. And so 
there, you know, people with my clients who knew me, who had been my clients for years, they were like, I don't understand why those parents are paying for you to go do that thing. I, they're kids. They should just be able to do it. And it's like, man, like you don't understand what you're asking those kids to do. And so, you know, it's hard for people to start to recognize that, you know, maybe my, maybe I got to, if my, if my kid at freshman year wants to be a pro or wants to play at least college level, yeah, I mean, we got to start investing towards that. You just know? accept that we're in an era where there's so much education that just hanging out at home and, yep. and, you know, and getting it from your friends or just from your everyday life isn't enough. Like you really should be taking the things you're passionate about and you love and you want to do well one day and you should be seeking out who are the true influencers and why are they the true influencers? What do they do really well and how can I learn uh, and get to that level of knowledge? I think we're in that era. It's time now to search the internet and, and find um, the information and, and, and learn as much as you can. Don't ever put yourself in a position where you're like, oh, I don't need to know that. And that's something you want to be good at. I think that that was going to, you know, kill your success. Oh, I tell my I tell my clients all the time. And when I used to have the small martial arts school, I used to tell my students the day I come in and I tell you I've yeah. got it figured yeah. out. You need to right. run, not walk, run away from me. Right. Because whatever I've got way, in my it's Kool-Aid, like, it's dangerous. Why, why would I sit here and you want know? to keep pushing my methods if I felt like my methods were run of the mill because at the end of the day, I'm a businessman too. I have to keep people coming in here and I, I have to promote what I do. It's not fun promoting, you know, things that everybody's doing. I wouldn't be who I am today if I'd been doing that. So people are always like, you're not open-minded. I get that all. That's not my, the naysayers, right? You're not open-minded. I'm like, I'm incredibly open-minded, but at the same time too, I'm competitive. I'm going, well, prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. open-minded, but prove me wrong. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to yeah. go, um, you know, there is other ways to do it. And I just, I don't want to be looked at as I'm not open-minded. So I'm just going to do everything. And even and that's going to probably create less of an, uh, an effect of what I'm getting. I'm, why would I do that? I'm going to go, Hey, I'm going to get everything that's worked for me or I believe in, I understand that's I believe is the most effective, which is how I developed all this. And I'm going to write it. And if something else comes along and it beats me out, I'm going to adapt. Like, that's what we're doing. That's how you survive, right? Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, my, my jiu-jitsu coach has a saying, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, uh, master like of few that. and jack everyone, right? So, so he, you know, he's, he's, he was a college wrestler, you know, and then worked with a bunch of UFC champs. And so, you know, across the board, Greg will go, you know, look, the, here's are the five submissions that are the highest percentage of submissions across the board from jiu-jitsu to nogi jiu-jitsu to mma like here's the here are the things that work all the time now here's the little variance because you know sometimes things change a little bit but these are the five right, things right. You build your game around that principles everything you has know? core principles so you you gotta you've got to first educate yourself yes. on what are the core principles and what i'm doing and then once you have that foundation, then you can build the the things to it that you want. The little things you think, oh, I think this is a real winner here. And not many people are doing this. But you got to have the core principles first. It's like, unfortunately, like there's still a lot of ignorance in baseball, right? And I, I have a lot of high-level coaches that will come to me and they're like, you should be customizing training for all your athletes. I'm like, really? Really? 
You mean this 19-year-old, 20-year-old who just walked in my facility, he's never touched a weight in his life. Right. I need to go, right. hey, your hip, uh, right. your hip stability on your right side is really weak. So I'm going to overload single-legged squats. I'm like, the dude doesn't even work out, man. Like, at the end of the day, I can't customize training until they at least have a foundation of training. So I spend most of my time delivering a foundation of training and a very little amount of time customizing because so many people are, are far behind and underdeveloped. Yeah, no, I like, look... There's a reason why power cleans, squats, deadlifts, overhead presses have been around for a couple days, right? That, like, like Dan John said, you know, like you could do worse by getting those four movements down. You know, like you, those are pretty well, my, foundational. My, and throw a pull up right, in there, My right? favorite thing is I mean, active life. And throw Sean, a loaded carry Dr. in Sean Pastucci, active life. You should get him on the show. He's amazing. So that should be your next guy. I'll, I'll help you get him. So Dr. Yeah. Sean, brilliant. He says, okay, well, if you can't, if you cool, if cool. you think underhead, overhead squats are bad and you can't do an overhead squat, that's fine. But what, why can't you do an overhead squat? Because if there's an, a reason you can't do it, I'm afraid right. that that's going to be an also the same reason why you get hurt on the field. And I think when you flip it that way, it really, man, it, sure. it stops being like a battle of what's the better lift. No, it's really... How is why can't you do that? How is the body adapting to it? Why isn't it adapting to it? Why don't you want it to adapt to it? That's the real question. Yeah, I think that that's a really that's a really uh, big thing, and and that's the one of the things I talk with my clients a lot about is, hey, look, you know, you can't do that. There's a reason why. There's an oppor- There's a huge opportunity to learn here, like a huge opportunity to learn. So maybe instead of dismissing it like this, like this guy is saying, you know, like maybe instead of dismissing it, you start to look at the reasons why yeah. and start to ask yourself because your nervous system is says, doing nope. That. And then that's why maybe Dr. you need Sean to figure out why so well that is. CrossFit is because yeah. he answers those. He asks those questions a lot. You know, people come to him injured like they come to me injured and they go, yeah, well, I got injured doing this. I got injured, uh, you know, doing a bench press. I guess I should bench press again. And he goes, okay, that's reasonable. Yep. I understand why you're saying that, but really we do need to understand why it happened because it's more than just bench press. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because your shoulder is so internally rotated that you can't, you can see the back of your scapula. You know, just to be honest, it's probably the best thing that happened to you. It's why a lot of people really learn from injury. Yep. Because it's an opportunity to go, okay, that just exposed something. What is it? Oh, wow, this is it. Now I know why this happened. Now I can fix that problem. And then you get better as an athlete. Yeah, I, I like to look at right. them as, oh, you got, well, I mean, obviously, I don't want to die or injury. But like, you know, like a low-level injury. Oh, that's cool. And that's a cool. huge mentality because so that's a can we very successful that? mentality. Because you know, like, a lot of the kids come in, even on top of that, and I'm like, you're not doing that well, or man, you're really poorly performing here. And then they want to cry and go home. I understand, but they need to reverse that and go, wow. So you mean (laughs) if I get better at that, what happens to my performance? Oh, it goes up. You should be like, yes, thank you. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's, 
it's that it's that fixed mindset versus growth mindset you know i mean that's that and i think that's such a huge thing to be i mean as an athlete as a pitcher like good god i could not imagine sitting on the mound having two horrible innings and then not being able to navigate around and i and this happens to me in jiu-jitsu all the time like i get my ass beat by young kids all the time you know but what do i do i show up the next time i'm like okay if I can stop them from doing this, I have the possibility of getting ahead a little bit more and doing a little bit better, right? Now, I don't know if I'll ever catch that kid, but damn it, I'm going to try. And that makes the game enjoyable. That makes jujitsu enjoyable. And that would be the same thing that would have to be for a pitcher. Like, it's so easy to get down on yourself with, you know, with, with things that are going on when an inning or two or a couple games don't go well. But there's so much opportunity good, to learn within that. I'm sure we're going to post that. It's a good ending. I mean, I think that's why you've got a good name to the show, Pitching Nerd. I mean, what other, what other skill could you call, you know, put the label yeah. of nerd on it and it'd be cool? Like, you wouldn't be like wide receiver nerd, you know, or or tackle or, or uh, what, well, like a cricket right. bowler nerd. It might work there, similar to... It's similar to pitching, but it's one thing where you can put the nerd <laughs> label on it, and it's cool. It's because pitchers are so advanced. Yeah, we have to know so much stuff. It is the one skill yep. that requires a lot of intellectual power. Yep. Not to say you can't be good if you're not smart. I mean, there's there's outliers and there's ways around it, but it is one skill that you really have to be intelligent because there's sure. so many things going off and happening that you need to be aware of, and those that are more aware are typically more successful. Yeah, so let's do this um, for the, again for the two people right. on the in the face of the baseball planet that don't know where to find you, right? Yeah, where do so where do where can people reach out to you? Where can they get your information? Is, at? Pretty much everywhere at Top Velocity. So you could find me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Now I'm getting pretty cool on TikTok. Uh, and uh, uh, Top Velocity. I saw that man. Net. I got the new Top Velocity training app. Um, if you want to check it out and start it topblossy.net slash start pretty excited about that because it's a low cost and it can get people in the training and get them going so just top velocity man yeah man um and then um yeah dude i i again i i want to just thank you for everything that you've done for me and and that you're doing for the baseball community because i know you catch a lot of flack for it but dude there are a group of guys out there that really appreciate what you do and what you're doing. And I know that you don't get to hear enough about it, but you know, like, well, I'll, here's what I'll do. I'll just re- record this end of it and I'll send it to you. So when somebody's an idiot, you can just play it and go, yeah, at least, Hey, at least Sean for me, I just me, say at least right? my kids like me. So, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Can you go home and the kids the still like you? That's an important thing. And, you know, I got pretty beat up. I could tell you some crazy stories. You know, the hate was really bad in the beginning, and it's it's subsided a lot. And I've, I mean, I had to survive three lawsuits, so it's it's been crazy, man. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. So then, um, and then, uh, do do you, what are you doing now as far as camps yeah, go? Yeah, I mean, we're running, we're like following the, the CDC summer, regulations. Um, are, we're we're on the outskirts. We're not in a big city here, so yep. they're a little bit more lax when you're not in these big cities but yeah we're following all the recommendations and we're running business sure. um right now so we recommend people who want to come down um act like it's you know any every day you know like like we always are i mean everyday operations so sure cool cool 
Well, if you guys haven't checked out Brent, I highly, I highly, highly recommend that you do. And if you, if you have thought about getting down to the, the facility, get down there. You will not be sorry. It is, it is really super cool. So thanks so much Shame for coming here, on. I really man. appreciate I you. I really you appreciate all back, things so. that you do, man. Thanks for listening to Pitching Nerd Show. To grow the Pitching Nerd crew, do me a favor. Rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me to get to better guests and more opportunities for the podcast. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you guys soon.